We're shedding our masks and breaking down walls. Hell, we may even drop our drawers. That's right. We're going commando with Angela and Dana. Hi, I'm Dana Sardano, and this is Angela DeMarco, and we are Going Commando. Angela and I like to take advantage of the fact that um, we have no ability to control anything that comes out of our mouths and um, put it on air for your entertainment. Uh, We get together, we just talk about um, things that we think matter, but uh, we take take off the masks and we drop the walls and we talk about what we really think. And... uh, we hope we appreciate, we hope, excuse me, we hope you appreciate that. Angela, as I stumble on my words, do you have anything interesting to say? <laughs> no, I have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good morning. Happy Monday. Um, happy Mother's Day to all who celebrated yesterday. Um, Dana and I were just talking about how every day is Mother's Day for us. So it's just another day. But it's really a good excuse to force the family to let me sleep in late. You know what I mean? Like right. it's the only day it could happen. And they got till nine o'clock and then they're knocking on the door, but I couldn't be mad because they were bringing me breakfast in bed. I have trained them well. <laughs> very, nice. very nice. I had a situation where uh, I came to the gallery with the girls and uh, we did a little painting, creative stuff. And Nala, she always comes in, she makes popcorn. And then God forbid her sister goes in and takes a handful. You know, it's a bloodbath. I mean, God forbid, right? You know, and vice versa. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so Yaya went in. Oh, so or I, earlier I made a joke to Nala about something. I'm like, you know, it's Mother's Day because she was, whatever, not behaving. And she's like, that's why I'm getting along with my sister. Oh, okay. So she okay. made a conscious effort on Mother's Day. So now we're in the gallery and Yaya goes to grab the popcorn. And I'm watching. I'm on the other side of the room and I'm like, you know, yeah. and uh, and I see Nala go to grab it. And I'm like, oh, Nala, because it's Mother's Day. It's so nice of you to share with your sister. Oh, oh yeah. Mother's oh, yeah, Day yeah, is, yeah. A, is an opportunity for me to be. <laughs> <laughs> so Yaya grabs a popcorn and I'm like, oh, my God, Yaya, it's Mother's Day. Help yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, totally. But but the thing that triggered that, that I got that I realized was they can get along. Hmm. They proved that they can get along. So now I know that. Now I know that it's not beyond their reach. It's not the impossible. So I'll be utilizing that today in my interactions with them. Just be like, girls, every day is Mother's Day. You didn't know? No. You didn't know? Check your calendars. Train going by. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So Monday mornings, Dana and I like to catch up. We like to, you know because we spend time with our families over the weekend and we're business co-collaborators and we always have to work together and Monday's our catch-up day. So we yep. record it for you guys. Yep. Enjoy. So here we are. Subscribe. Bye now. Oh, yeah. oh no, no. <laughs> if you saw the last video, <laughs> the stupidogeny that comes out of our mouths. But Big what time. we do to, to stimulate conversation is I have a deck of... I have a deck of cards that I created with our dear friend, Anne-Marie Scordy. I created them with my artwork and her inspiring, empowering, amazing channeled messages of love, light, and wonderfulness. So I pick a card. Angela never knows what the card is. And, um, and we go from there. Today, I picked this one. I love this painting. Oh, did you I was going to say, before we get into, they're called Soul Traveler Cards of personal empowerment, correct? For personal empowerment. For personal empowerment. It's, you know, it's between the books and the, the empowerment. I know, I know, I know. It's I know. confusing. But uh, they're called Soul Traveler Cards for Personal Empowerment. 
Um, they're gorgeous deck of cards filled with Dana's artwork. And um, on the back are these channeled messages. And channeled messages are not just something that's pulled from a book. It's not Maybe. something that's like, you know, this like just a human being writing that like they're they're really like like divinely inspired, if you would say. Like like what's like the latest yeah. term of saying it, you know? They're 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 wisdom beyond us and they're like a, an extended version of a fortune cookie that makes sense. Like you can't add in bed at the end. <laughs> We can try. But... <laughs> can we? Maybe. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the cards are awesome because they're they're a great tool for um for anybody who like you just would pick a card based on like the picture or you just pick a card randomly and then it gives you some kind of like message to contemplate during the day as you're like sitting there and just puts you in a really really great state of mind. So that's why we kind of chose this as a vehicle you know, so that we can have some kind of like something to riff off of, um, but also for whatever message that we might need for the week. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, uh, when I were, when I'm out in public, like when I'm like doing like events, <laughs> when I'm wearing pants, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. When I'm out doing events and I'll pull cards for people and it's true. It's just, it's a conversation piece. And then, and then we go from there. Um, just to clarify, it is of empowerment. This is something that I collaborated in creating because my book is for empowerment. And I, I always know, screw up. So, so you were right the first time. My apologies. Wow. So. Thank you. Yeah. So this card, I love this this painting so much. Um, this is part of my mother-child series. This is called Ethereal Mother. And even though it bears no resemblance to me, this is obviously in my head, me and my two girls. So it's a beautiful. beauty. Okay. So beautiful. So the card is called Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to alignment in bed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, actually. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. This is a really, really a beautiful message. Okay. Forgiveness is the key to alignment. This is very difficult for many to do, and comprehension may be even more difficult. For it is not for you to forgive others for their sake, but for your own, because you deserve to be free of the constraints of these that these attachments hold over you. When you forgive, you allow yourself to heal the emotional wounds that scar your soul. You are healing your essence so you may transform into one who is ever closer to loving who you are. It is self-love emerging into complete self-acceptance, and that is freedom. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, that is such a beautiful, beautiful message. It really is. I mean, it's it's so relevant for... I mean, the obvious, right, for your your relationships with your family, your partner, your kids, whatever it might be, but even down to like, even like stuff that happened last week, like with, uh, with New Chip, you know, that like you can hold these grudges and you can hold these like victim modes or the, these, these um, being angry that something didn't turn out the way you wanted it or someone didn't act the way you wanted them to act. Like you can hold on to that because that's like the more comfortable place to be. But if you can just like look at the situation and say, okay, here's what I got out of that. Here's the positive that I got out of that. Let me see if I can um, rectify it with this person, place or thing, you know, or walk away, right? Because isn't that forgiveness is being able to make that decision also? 
Yeah, yeah. And there's so many different directions, like as you're talking, that we could take this. But um, truly, truly, the ability to forgive comes from the ability to not have to be right. Mm. When, you know, I, I, for many, many years have always in the back of my head, like when I'm like ready to like flip a table, you know, throw somebody through a window, I have to stop and say, is it better, especially specifically my husband, <laughs> that's what I spent my most time with, but is it better to be right or to be happy? Yeah. And I always stop myself, it's better to be right or to be happy. Now at 20, I would say right. At 30, I would say right. At 40, I might even say right. At 50, I'd rather be happy. Yeah. And when you realize that and you realize the forgiveness is not for, it's not for them. It's for you. It's for you to give you peace. A lot of people think when they forgive, they're excusing somebody else's behavior and they're not, they're not. What they're doing is they're giving themselves permission to be at peace. And what I found or find, I guess, in my own you know, personal growth journey is the more experiences I have that I allow myself to be open to the lesson and then I overcome whatever the obstacle is and learn the lesson, the more I am able to forgive myself for not knowing better before. And then as a result, being able to forgive others, because then I recognize that they didn't know better either. Nobody is looking to hurt me. People are just operating in, in the place where they reside and in an awareness level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and so by me, first and foremost, forgiving myself for not knowing better recognizing that they didn't know better, being able to forgive them, then I have peace. Forgiveness is truly divine. I mean, no bullshit. Yeah, no, that's that's really, that's so important what you just said, because <clears throat> I think me not being able to forgive myself um, was my biggest barrier to growing personally, like being able to like, like I have so much angst about you know, raising my children the wrong way. I had so much angst about, you know, the things that I had done, especially like when I got into AA, that was the hardest part was to forgive myself for the life that I was leaving, leading before I got into those rooms because it wasn't pretty, you know, and that, um, that pain of looking at myself and, and, and experiencing it. It wasn't even about knowing better because obviously I knew better <laughs> to do the things that I was doing, but I did them anyway. And, uh, and that was, the that was the biggest hurdle once I could forgive myself and then I could say, okay, well, I'm going to, from today, move forward, do better. Right. As long as, mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm also hand in hand with the, having the awareness, right? So there's the forgiveness of, I, you know, I, I of myself that I lived a certain way. And I feel terrible about that whole thing. But this day moving forward, now that I'm aware that I don't want to feel that way anymore and I don't want to be that person anymore, then I can move forward. And then as I'm trying to become a better person, the empathy comes in for other people. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And you know what? I just want to comment on something that you said. You didn't know better. You said you did and you did it anyway. You didn't know better because you knew that it was not good what you were doing, yeah. but you didn't know your own worthiness. If you yeah. had truly understood your own worth, your own value, you would not have done that. 
So you didn't know better. People think it's like, oh, you know, I did some, like I smoked for years. I knew it was bad for me. It said it on the friggin' box. <laughs> you know what I mean? The commercials, you know, the little, <laughs> little crossbones, it, you know, it, it tipped me off, you know, but I smoked anyway because I truly did not understand that if I really valued myself, mm-hmm. my health, my wellness, my happiness, I would not be putting that substance into my body. Right. And that goes with all of the other things, all the relationships of this. So it really is about knowing better, knowing your own worth, knowing your own value, forgiving yourself for the missteps that were really truly just a reflection of you not knowing your own worth. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. And yeah. and what people, I think, um, people, all of us to one degree or another, when we when we are resistant to forgive we carry the burden of that thing that we're not forgiving throughout our lives. And um, I have to share this story. Can I, can, do, I'm asking, can I share a story? I mean, I got something to say. I love story time with Dana. Proceed. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you're aware of this, Angela, you know, I was estranged from my father since I was 14 years old. And obviously had daddy issues, mommy issues, all sorts of issues and lived my life and, and perpetuated patterns, patterns, excuse me, based on these issues. I was officially, officially, we tried to reconcile somewhere around 18, but from 18 to like 41, I was full on estranged from my father. Nothing, like nothing, like not a Christmas card, nothing. Like he did not exist to me. I always knew if I got word that he passed, what would I do? Would I send the flower? Would I show up? Like I, I, but I always knew that that was the end of the relationship. I would die never having had a relationship with my father and my patterns in my life, you know, they reflected that estrangement. When I was in my thirties, my entire thirties, I could not have a healthy, this is all in 10 racks, by the way, but I could not have a healthy relationship with, with a man. And I always was like, I didn't understand it was me. I didn't understand it was my perception of myself and the patterns I was perpetuating. And I was like, oh, why does this one want to be abusive? Why does this one want to be neglectful? And why does this one want to And all I want to do is be, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Wound up having two children at, in my late 30s. Um, <clears throat> their birth father is no longer part of our lives, but I wound up having children. And so now I have like a one or a two year old and I'm still single, but now I'm, I'm, I'm different because now I understand unconditional love and I'm dating, but I, I'm meeting a different quality of guy because I'm changing. Okay. In February, 2012, my father showed up out of the blue and, um, Remember, I'm like 41 years old. I, the, no sign of a decent relationship. My father showed up out of the blue, dropped a letter off at school. I don't want to get too far into the details. And was basically like, I'm in town. This is your father. I'll be here for two weeks. I would love to see you. P.S. I Not a day has gone by that I haven't thought about you um, over the last X amount of years. And my initial reaction was a 14-year-old Dana. Like, oh, shit, my father's here. Oh, my God. And then I let that go. And then I realized... <laughs> I'm a grown woman with two children and why would I not forgive this man? What? Like he's probably in his mid seventies. He's showing up to, to reconcile in his golden years. You know what I mean? There's like, there's no reason. There's no reason other than me holding a grudge, other than me choosing to hold this grudge. So long story short, meet up with him, invite him to my home. I make, I set a boundary. I don't even realize I'm doing that. I set a boundary. I make a promise to myself. I'm not going to rehash anything. I'm only going to discuss 
present time from my children on what my life looks like, my job or whatever. In a wonderful time. I only thought it was going to be like this one meeting, which turned into a beautiful, he passed a few years ago, but which turned into a beautiful um, rekindling reconciliation um, over the seven years prior to him passing. And uh, so that was February, 2012, October, 2012. Rob and I got together. We've been together ever since. And he truly is one of the greatest men I have ever met. He's a royal pain in the ass. Do not misunderstand. <laughs> he is everything as a little girl I wrote down on a piece of paper that I wanted to be with. And I truly, truly believe my finally releasing myself of that burden that I didn't even know I was carrying. Yeah. Allowed him to walk through the door. And it's probably one of the most accidental most accidental strokes of genius that I've ever, you know, that I've ever done because I, again, I just did it because it felt right. And at the end of the day, that forgiveness created the life I, I live in right now. It's beautiful. Oh my God. I, I, even though I know the story, I love hearing the story. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just such an amazing thing because people could say it's a coincidence. I'm like, okay. It's okay. definitely not a coincidence. Yeah, I allowed myself to heal that portion of my heart that was blocking me from what I wanted in a significant other. And now imagine, so this is where this is where I think people have a lot of trouble. Imagine at that time you had someone or you were listening to someone online and they were like, oh, if you, you, you forgive your father, you would immediately have jumped to, I'm not going to forgive my father. I'm going to stay in that anger. Like if you were getting that advice or whatever it might yeah, be, there's yeah. an outside influence yeah. and you weren't listening to what was inside. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want it, yeah, exactly. And if, and again, I don't want to get into all of it because there's so many components of it, but when I did forgive him, it truly was, I refer to it as squirrel feeding. I'm like, all right, I'll have lunch with you. And, and, and he lived far away from me and I, he only came into my area, like, you know, for a few months, but like once a year. So it was safe. Yeah. So a natural relationship began to build. If it was forgive your father and have this relationship and, like if there were, if I put all these um, rules around mm -hmm. it, but it just happens so naturally. And my mother, who she and I had a tenuous relationship at best, but she was so threatened by this relationship that she was putting this stuff in my ear. Yeah. She, and she was doing it subtly. Remember that time when we were in Disney World and he almost left me and your brother? Like things from like 1974, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, at this point, was so confident in myself and my, my discernment, my ability to make judgments for myself that I understood where she was coming from. And I was able to kind of tune that out and just do what felt right. And like I said, it turned into one such a beautiful relationship oh my god my father came to my wedding i got married a year late no i got married two years later 2012 got married in 2014 my father came to my wedding i danced with my father at my wedding oh my god here it comes well because yeah it's like th th almost 30 years right like 25 years of not having him thinking 25 years part of your life and, and there he is at your wedding to, to rob which is like I can like, just imagine. I just imagine. I can't. You don't, right you don't understand. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Come on, though. That's right. It was beautiful. It was, if you were there, you know. If you were there, if anybody's watching this was there, 
just comment because I know you saw what happened when we danced. Because there was no, because again, I got married over 40. Like I didn't do all the bullshit, like all the rules. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're going to do the first dance with the father, the first dance. No, 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 no. We were in the photo booth. I had a boa, purple boa around my neck. We were acting the fools. And when we walked back to where the, the where everybody was, um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Endless Love came on. It was, I didn't realize it was Endless Love. It was a slow song. Yeah. And I was like, come on, let's go dance. It wasn't like planned, and we went out to dance. And as we were dancing, I could I could start to see all of a sudden the lights dimmed because everybody understood the magnitude of that moment. And I all of a sudden I saw like a cell phone go up and a cell phone go up, and then I see Rob standing next to his father going look. And everybody was a part of that moment and understood how special and how magnificent it was. It was really really something he even knew it but we were in our own world there was a spotlight on us like <laughs> like all of a sudden everybody was like holy shit David with her father at her wedding you know and this happened and then afterwards he, he put his hand my waist like karate top and like leaned me over like take a bow because he understood <laughs> that everybody was watching and what's what's really funny is now every time endless love comes on the radio but was like oh that's mine and my father's song <laughs> Which <laughs> is the ridiculousness of it makes it even more beautiful. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to monopolize this time with this. No, no, that it's, was it's amazing. It's forgiveness, amazing. man. Forgiveness is <laughs> fucking divine. It really is. It really is. Um, yeah, I. Uh, the the thing is, um, it's really important. The reason why you were able to get there was because you had overcome your own challenges, right? Yeah. So if someone's facing something in their life right now, you know, if you're facing a difficulty, think about what area of your life is not quite right. You know what I mean? Think about what, what's discontent, not just don't put it on the relationship or the thing or the whatever. If you're freaking out about a situation or you're really uncomfortable, you're angry and you're mad about a situation, step back and say, what's not right in my life? because I'm deflecting that onto this situation. Because a situation could be, you can take a situation and look at it any particular way. You know, like you can say, okay, here's something bad that happened. I'm going to be the victim. Here's something bad that happened. I'm gonna take what I got out of it. I'm gonna walk away. Here's something that happened. I'm gonna fight the man. Like, you know what I mean? Anything. And your reaction to the situation is based on something that's either right or not right in your own life. Yeah, yeah. So, like Dana, what's like a good, what's a good way for people to kind of like do that gut check? I'm just laughing because I could get into the whole, well, the emotional guidance system, <laughs> essentially, essentially, we, we know, we always know when something's not right for us. We choose to ignore it. We choose to distract ourselves, self-soothe, all of those things. But when something doesn't feel right, and you see my hand, like right <laughs> here, but when something doesn't feel right, rather than blow past it, because what we tend to do is we tend to blame everybody else, right? Oh, but this one, no, no, no. If something doesn't feel right, why is that? Why ask, just ask yourself the question, what do I want? Is this what I want? What can I do differently to get what I want? It's such a knee jerk. We learn coping mechanisms, you know, as we're growing, you know, from babies, babies, you know, you cry, you get fed, 
right? Toddler, you know, you kick and scream, you get the toy. Hopefully you don't, hopefully you learn, you know, but what happens is, is when we start to grow and develop and we use coping mechanisms of a two-year-old that don't get addressed for more appropriate coping mechanisms, we carry that coping mechanism to four years old and it, it, it then it develops to more age appropriate, but it's still imbalanced or dysfunctional. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me try to guess up. When we are children, we are learning all the time how to get our needs met. That's all it is. I cry, I get a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. I kick and scream, I get attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I manipulate, I get everybody to think I'm cute. We All we're doing is behaving in ways to get our needs met. Sometimes the way we behave to get our needs met is well and appropriate and we get our needs met. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's it's uh, imbalanced or dysfunctional, right? But we still get our needs met because the adults may not know any better. They don't know to correct the behavior. So they, so what do we learn? We learn that, oh, if I flip a table, people listen to me. That's what I learned. Yeah. I learned the louder I was, people listened. They weren't always nice about it, but they listened, right? Yeah. So we go through our lives as we age with variations of this coping mechanism. And then we wonder why life is uncomfortable and crappy. Right. Because we didn't know it. So now you got to forgive yourself for not knowing any better. You've got to forgive the people around you for not knowing anybody. Otherwise they would have adjusted it. And again, it's all back to the forgiveness, but how do you change that? How do you alter that? Well, if you're doing something to get your need met and your need is not being met and you feel shitty, you just got to go back and go, what can I do differently? Like, I know I have certain ways of getting, I have ways of getting what I want. But sometimes when I try to utilize those ways to get what I want with my husband, I get the opposite effect because his language is different than mine. So I could be like, well, is it better to be right or better or to be happy? Well, if I just want to be right, I'll continue doing what I'm doing to prove him wrong and still not get my needs met and wonder why things are shitty. Right. Right. Or I can pull back and say, okay, I want to be happy. What can I do differently? Ooh. I can appeal to his senses you know what I mean? <laughs> or I can, you know what I mean? I know with my husband, I need to be vulnerable to get my needs met because I am not vulnerable by my nature. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, if I want Rob to come around, I just soften. It feels like I'm going against who I am, but it's not, it doesn't hurt for me to be a little, a softer version of myself. Nobody yeah. dies. Yeah. And then he get his needs met because he feels like he can, I don't, I don't want to say save me. That's a little extreme, but it, he can hear me now. That His need is to, to, to care for you, to care to for, care for me. That's, yeah. that's his need. And you're allowing him to, to fulfill that need in him. It makes him yeah. feel good to take care of you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so just to bring it home, my advice would be when people aren't, when you Whoever's watching this, when you are not getting your needs met, then you need to come up with a different way to get your needs met. And it doesn't mean that you are wrong and it doesn't mean that you've lost. It means this key doesn't work. Toss it out. Let's try another one. Try another one. Because the whole purpose is to get your needs met, to feel freedom, to feel good, all of those things. And uh, it just requires looking at yourself a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. And then when you're able to do that, then you're able to more easily forgive yourself and forgive others because you are realizing the situation. You're seeing it from a different perspective, right? Perspective really probably is the 
the be all end all is just looking at things with a different lens, because if it doesn't feel good, look at something with a different lens and then you're able to see other people and it's easier to forgive everybody, easier to forgive situations when you are well, happy and whole and adjusted. Here you go. That's right, girl. All right. There we go. So we might drop this one. <laughs> okay. Thank you for watching me cry. That was lovely. I love watching you cry. It's oh like my amazing. god! <laughs> oh my god! And if uh, and if anybody really is picking up what we're putting down, um, we're not going to do like we did in our last video, where it's like buy now, buy now. But not only does Ten Recommendments for Personal Empowerment have some of these stories that I shared, because that's really how I came to this place is real is um, uh, looking back on these stories and understanding what I learned from them, you know. Um, but it also gives tips and tools and how to take your story and make it the, to rewrite your story, make it the story that you want to tell and not the story that was told to you. Yeah. And without being like preachy, like a lot of self-help books, I guess you can almost put this in that category. Self-help books are like, here are five ways to do this, do this, do this, do this. Yours is more like, here's what happened to me. You know, I, the the word the story when you and your dad you know the Bruno story <laughs> that's a good one. It's that was really the breakup. I shared with you the get the, the get back together. The Bruno was the breakup. That's a rough one. But then you take what you gleaned from it and you kind of say like this is how I did it and here's how I did it and you could try. You're never preachy. You're never like no. you know it's it's great. So we'll put the we'll put the link to buy the book in the comments. Um, Dana teaches a workshop on it. Um, if you're kind of like lost or feeling a little stuck, like you got the opportunity to work with Dana directly, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I just want to help everybody feel the way I feel and live the way I live and, uh, and a system and doing the work. It's not easy. It's a choice, it's it's a choice to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And the life you live today is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. I know. I'm in that space. I know. I see that. All right. We'll end it there. Okay. Bye everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Uniquely Phenom Collaboration. To learn about our tools and resources designed for creators by creators, go to uniquelyphenom.com.
Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. They see you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dana Sardano, and this is Angela DeMarco, and we are Going Commando. Angela and I like to take advantage of the fact that um, we have no ability to control anything that comes out of our mouths and um, put it on air for your entertainment. Uh, we get together. We just talk about um, things that we think matter. But uh, we take we take off the masks and we drop the walls and we talk about what we really think and uh, and we hope we appreciate we hope excuse me we hope you appreciate that Angela as I stumble on my words do you have anything interesting to say? Right. Very nice. I had a situation where uh, I came to the gallery with the girls and uh, we did a little painting, creative stuff. And Nala, she always comes in, she makes popcorn. And then God forbid her sister goes in and takes a handful. You know, it's a bloodbath. I mean, God forbid, right? You know, and vice versa. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so Yaya went in. Oh, so or I, earlier I made a joke to Nala about something. I'm like, you know, it's Mother's Day because she was whatever, not behaving. And she's like, that's why I'm getting along with my sister. And she made a conscious effort on Mother's Day. So now we're in the gallery and Yaya goes to grab the popcorn. And I'm watching. I'm on the other side of the room and I'm like, you know. And, uh, and I see Nala go to grab it. And I'm like, oh, Nala, because it's Mother's Day. It's so nice of you to share with your sister. Oh, oh yeah. Mother's Day is, a, is an opportunity for me to be. <laughs> so Yaya grabs a popcorn and I'm like, oh my God, Yaya, it's Mother's Day. Help yourself. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, totally. But, but the thing that triggered that I got, that I realized was they can get along. They proved that they can get along. So now I know that. Now I know that it's not beyond their reach. It's not the impossible. So I'll be utilizing that today in my interactions with them. You know, you know, no, check your calendars. Yep. Yep. So here we are. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> if you saw the last video, the stupidogeny that comes out of our mouths. But what we do to, to stimulate conversation is I have a deck of, I, I have a deck of cards that I created with our dear friend, Anne-Marie Scordy. I created them with my artwork and her inspiring, empowering, amazing channeled messages of love, light, and wonderfulness. So I picked a card. Angela never knows what the card is. And, um, and we go from there. Today, I picked this one. I love this painting. Oh, did you have something? For personal empowerment. I know, I know, I know, I know.
Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, uh, when I were, when I'm out in public, like when I'm like doing like events and stuff, yeah, 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 exactly. When I'm out doing events and I'll pull cards for people and it's true, it just, it's a conversation piece. And then, and then we go from there. Um, just to clarify it is of empowerment. This is something that I collaborated in creating because my book is for empowerment and I always screw them up. So you were right the first time. My apologies. So, you know, I get to be right. Okay, so this card, I love this this painting so much. Um, this is part of my mother-child series. This is called Ethereal Mother. And even though it bears no resemblance to me, this is obviously in my head, me and my two girls. So it's a beauty. Okay, so the card is called Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to alignment in bed. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. This is really, really a beautiful message. Okay. Forgiveness is the key to alignment. This is very difficult for many to do and comprehension may be even more difficult for it is not for you to forgive others for their sake, but for your own, because you deserve to be free of the constraints of these that these attachments hold over you. When you forgive, you allow yourself to heal the emotional wounds that scar your soul. You are healing your essence so you may transform into one who is ever closer to loving who you are. It is self-love emerging into complete self-acceptance and that is freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different directions, like as you're talking that we could take this, but, um, truly, truly the ability to forgive comes from 
the ability to not have to be right. When, you know, I, I, for many, many years have always in the back of my head, like when I'm like ready to like flip a table, you know, throw somebody through a window, I have to stop and say, is it better, especially specifically my husband, so I spent my most time with, but is it better to be right or to be happy? And I always stop myself, is it better to be right or to be happy? Now at 20, I would say right. At 30, I would say right. At 40, I might even say right. At 50, I'd rather be happy. And when you realize that and you realize the forgiveness is not for, it's not for them. It's for you. It's for you to give you peace. A lot of people think when they forgive, they're excusing somebody else's behavior and they're not. They're not. What they're doing is they're giving themselves permission to be at peace. And what I found or find, I guess, in my own you know, personal growth journey is the more experiences I have that I allow myself to be open to the lesson and then I overcome whatever the obstacle is and learn the lesson, the more I am able to forgive myself for not knowing better before and then as a result, being able to forgive others because then I recognize that they didn't know better either. Nobody is looking to hurt me. People are just operating in, in the place where they reside in, in an awareness level, right? And so, and so by me, first and foremost, forgiving myself for not knowing better, recognizing that they didn't know better, being able to forgive them, then I have peace. Forgiveness is truly divine. I mean, no bullshit. Of course. And you know what? I just want to comment on something that you said. You didn't know better. You said you did and you did it anyway. You didn't know better because you knew that it was not good what you were doing, but you didn't know your own worthiness. If you had truly understood your own worth, your own value, you would not have done that. So you didn't know better. People think it's like, oh, you know, I did some, like I smoked for years. I knew it was bad for me. It said it on the friggin' box. You know what I mean? The commercials, you know, the little skull and crossbones, it, you know, it, it tipped me off, you know, but I smoked anyway, because I truly did not understand that 
if I really valued myself, my health, my wellness, my happiness, I would not be putting that substance into my body. And that goes with all of the other things, all the relationships of this. So it really is about knowing better, knowing your own worth, knowing your own value, forgiving yourself for the missteps that were really truly just a reflection of you not knowing your own worth. Make sense? And, and what people, I think, um, people, all of us, to one degree or another, when we, when we are resistant to forgive, we carry the burden of that thing that we're not forgiving throughout our lives. And um, I have to share this story. Can I, can, do, I'm asking, can I share a story? <laughs> when have I ever asked permission to share a story? I got something to say. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you're aware of this, Angela. You know, I was estranged from my father since I was 14 years old. And obviously had daddy issues, mommy issues, all sorts of issues. I lived my life and, and perpetuated patterns, patterns, excuse me, based on these issues. I was officially, officially, we tried to reconcile somewhere around 18, but from 18 to like 41, I was full on estranged from my father. Nothing, like nothing, like not a Christmas card, nothing. Like he did not exist to me. I always knew if I got word that he passed, what would I do? Would I send a flower? Would I show up? Like I, I, but I always knew that that was the end of the relationship. I would die never having had a relationship with my father and my patterns in my life, you know, they reflected that estrangement. When I was in my thirties, my entire thirties, I could not have a healthy, this is all in 10 racks by the way, but I could not have a healthy relationship with, with a man. And I always was like, I didn't understand it was me. I didn't understand it was my perception of myself and the patterns I was perpetuating. And I was like, oh, why does this one want to be abusive? Why does this one want to be neglectful? Why does this one want to And all I want to do is be, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Wound up having two children at, in my late 30s. Um, <clears throat> their birth father is no longer part of our lives, but I wound up having children. And so now I have like a one and a two year old and I'm still single, but now I'm, I'm, I'm different because now I understand unconditional love and I'm dating, but I, I'm meeting a different quality of guy because I'm changing. In February, 2012, my father showed up out of the blue and, um, Remember, I'm like 41 years old. I, the no sign of a decent relationship. My father showed up out of the blue and dropped a letter off at school. I don't want to get too far into the details. And was basically like, I'm in town. This is your father. I'll be here for two weeks. I would love to see you. P.S. I Not a day has gone by that I haven't thought about you um, over the last X amount of years. And my initial reaction was a 14-year-old Dana. Like, holy shit, my father's here. Oh, my God. And then I let that go. And then I realized... <laughs> I'm a grown woman with two children and why would I not forgive this man? What? Like he's probably in his mid seventies. He's showing up to, to reconcile in his golden years. You know what I mean? There's like, there's no reason. There's no reason other than me holding a grudge, other than me choosing to hold this grudge. So long story short, meet up with him, invite him to my home. I make, I set a boundary. I don't even realize I'm doing that. I set a boundary. I make a promise to myself. I'm not going to rehash anything. I'm only going to discuss the present time from my children on what my life looks like, my job or whatever. In a wonderful time. I only thought it was going to be like this one meeting, which turned into a beautiful, he passed a few years ago, but which turned into a beautiful um, rekindling reconciliation um, over the seven years prior to him passing. And uh, so that was February, 2012. 
October 2012, Rob and I got together. We've been together ever since. And he truly is one of the greatest men I have ever met. He's a royal pain in the ass. Do not misunderstand. But he is everything as a little girl I wrote down on a piece of paper that I wanted to be with. And I truly, truly believe my finally releasing myself of that burden that I didn't even know I was carrying allowed him to walk through the door. And it's probably one of the most accidental, most accidental strokes of genius that I've ever, you know, that I've ever done because I, again, I just did it because it felt right. And at the end of the day, that forgiveness created the life I, I live in right now. It's beautiful. Oh my God. It's just such an amazing thing because people could say it's a coincidence. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I allowed myself to heal that portion of my heart that was blocking me from what I wanted in a significant other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you want it, yeah, exactly. And if you, and again, I don't want to get into all of it because there's so many components of it. But when I did forgive him, it truly was. I refer to it as squirrel feeding. I'm like, all right, I'll have lunch with you. And 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 he lived far away from me, and I he only came into my area like you know for a few months, but like once a year, so it was safe. So a natural relationship began to build. If it was forgive your father and have this relationship. And like, if there were, if I put all these um, rules around it, but it just happened so naturally. And my mother, who she and I had a tenuous relationship at best, but she was so threatened by this relationship that she was putting this stuff in my ear. She, and she was doing it subtly. Remember that time when we were in Disney World and he almost left me in your like things from like 1974. You know what I mean? But I, I at this point was so confident in myself and my my discernment, my ability to make judgments for myself that I understood where she was coming from, and I was able to kind of tune that out and just do what felt right. And like I said, it turned into one such a beautiful relationship. Oh my God, my father came to my wedding. I got married a year late. No, I got married two years later. I'm 2012, got married in 2014. My father came to my wedding. I danced with my father at my wedding. Oh my God, here it comes. Twenty-five years. And like I can't you don't you don't understand. Oh, all right. Okay. All right, Commando. That's right. It was beautiful. It was. If you were there, you know. If you were there, if anybody's watching this was there, just comment because I know you saw what happened when we danced. Because there was no. Because again, I got married over forty. Like I didn't do all the bullshit. Like all the rules. You know what I mean? Like okay, you're gonna do the first dance with the father. The first hit. No, 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 no. I, we were in the photo booth. I had a boa, purple boa around my neck. We were acting the fools, and when we walked back to where the, the where everybody was. Um, this is so stupid. Endless love came on. It was, I didn't realize it was endless love. It was a slow song. And I was like, come on, let's go dance. It wasn't like planned. And we went out to dance. And as we were dancing, 
I could I could start to see all of a sudden the lights dimmed because everybody understood the magnitude of that moment. And I all of a sudden I saw like a cell phone go up and a cell phone go up. And like I see Rob standing next to his father going, look, and everybody was a part of that moment and understood how special and how magnificent it was. It was really, really something. He even knew it, but we were in our own world. There was a spotlight on us. Like, like it, all of a sudden, everybody was like, holy shit, Dana's dad with her father at her wedding, you know? And this happened. And then afterwards, he, he put his hand in my waist, like karate top, and like leaned me over. He's like, take a bow, because he understood that everybody was watching. And what's, what's really funny is now, every time Endless Love comes on the radio, I was like, oh, that's mine and my father's song. Which is which the ridiculousness of it makes it even more beautiful. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to monopolize this time with this. But, uh, it, it, forgiveness, man. Forgiveness is fucking divine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just laughing because I could get into the whole, well, the emotional guidance system, but essentially, essentially we, we know, we always know when something's not right for us, we choose to ignore it. We choose to distract ourselves, self-soothe all of those things. When something doesn't feel right, and you see my hand, like <laughs> right here, but when something doesn't feel right, rather than blow past it, because what we tend to do is we tend to blame everybody else, right? Oh, but this one, no, 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 if something doesn't feel right, why is that? Why ask, just ask yourself the question, what do I want? Is this what I want? What can I do differently to get what I want? It's such a knee jerk. We learn coping mechanisms, you know, as we're growing, you know, from babies, babies, you know, you cry, you get fed, right? Toddler, you know, you kick and scream, you get the toy. Hopefully you don't, hopefully you learn, you know, but what happens is, is when we start to grow and develop and we use coping mechanisms of a two-year-old that don't get addressed for more appropriate coping mechanisms, we carry that coping mechanism to four years old. And it, 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 then it develops to more age appropriate, but it's still imbalanced or dysfunctional. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me, let me try to guess up. When we are children, we are learning all the time how to get our needs met. That's all it is. I cry. I get a bottle, right? I kick and scream. I get attention. 
right? I, I manipulate, I get everybody to think I'm cute. We all we're doing is behaving in ways to get our needs met. Sometimes the way we behave to get our needs met is well and appropriate and we get our needs met. And sometimes it's not, sometimes it's, it's uh, imbalanced or dysfunctional, right? But we still get our needs met because the adults may not know any better. They don't know to correct the behavior. So they, so what do we learn? We learn that, oh, if I flip a table, people listen to me. That's what I learned. I learned the louder I was, people listened. They weren't always nice about it, but they listened, right? So we go through our lives as we age with variations of this coping mechanism. And then we wonder why life is uncomfortable and crappy, right? Because we didn't know it. So now you got to forgive yourself for not knowing any better. You've got to forgive the people around you for not knowing anybody. Otherwise they would have adjusted it. And again, it's all back to the forgiveness. But how do you change that? How do you alter that? Well, if you're doing something to get your need met and your need is not being met and you feel shitty, you just got to go back and go, well, what can I do differently? Like I know I have certain ways of getting, I have ways of getting what I want. But sometimes when I try to utilize those ways to get what I want with my husband, I get the opposite effect because his language is different than mine. So I could be like, well, is it better to be right or better or to be happy? Well, if I just want to be right, I'll continue doing what I'm doing to prove him wrong and still not get my needs met and wonder why things are shitty, right? Or I can pull back and say, okay, I want to be happy. What can I do differently? Ooh, I could appeal to his senses. You know what I mean? Or I can, you know what I mean? I know with my husband, I need to be vulnerable to get my needs met because I am not vulnerable by my nature. Right. So I'm like, if I want Rob to come around, I just soften. It feels like I'm going against who I am, but it's not. It doesn't hurt for me to be a little, a softer version of myself. Nobody dies. And then he get his needs met because he feels like he can, I don't want to say save me. That's a little extreme, but it, he can hear me now because I've, I've met him at his to care for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so just to bring it home, my advice would be when people aren't, when you, whoever's watching this, when you are not getting your needs met, then you need to come up with a different way to get your needs met. And it doesn't mean that you are wrong and it doesn't mean that you've lost. It means this key doesn't work. Toss it out. Let's try another one. Try another one. Because the whole purpose is to get your needs met, to feel freedom, to feel good, all of those things. And uh, it just requires looking at yourself a little bit. Here you go. That's right, girl. All right. Wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Thank you for watching me cry. That was lovely. Oh my God. Oh my God. And if, uh, and if anybody really is picking up what we're putting down, um, 
we're not going to do like we did in our last video where it's like buy now, buy now. But not only does 10 Recommandments for Personal Empowerment have some of these stories that I shared, because that's really how I came to this place, is, is um, uh, looking back on these stories and understanding what I learned from them, you know. Um, but it also gives tips and tools and how to take your story and make it the, to rewrite your story, make it the story that you want to tell and not the story that was told to you. I was the breakup. I shared with you the get the, the get back together. Bruno was the breakup. No. Yeah, I just want to help everybody feel the way I feel and live the way I live and uh, and a system of doing the work. It's not easy. It's a choice. It's a choice to do the work. Oh, God, I'm in that space. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.